I want to welcome you to Destiny Church, where we believe that everyone has a plan and a purpose that is divine. Amen? How many of you believe that you have been called by God? How many believe that your life is not an accident? That your life is not a mistake? That you are endowed as an image bearer of God with value and purpose? Amen? Amen. So welcome to Destiny Church. My name is Matt Bell, and we're going to be spending some time looking at God's Word together. How many of you love God's Word? Amen. Uh, if you're new with us today, welcome. We're glad that you are here. We're finishing a 14-part series today going through the parables of Jesus. We've spent the last several months every week looking at a different parable uh, that was taught by the Lord Jesus. And today, our parable that we're going to look at is from Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. Luke chapter 13, 22 to 30. Now, a parable is just a simple story that contains a powerful truth. And so we're going to look at this story that, that Jesus told, and I have to warn you this morning, the story that Jesus is going to tell, the truth that it contains, the, the message that he is communicating might be the most offensive message in our current cultural climate. The, the message that Jesus the Lord Jesus is going to communicate with this parable is not politically correct. It is not um, inclusive. It is not even tolerant. It is black and white. It is polarizing. Now, I was looking at this this morning and this week and I was thinking, couldn't I just pick a, a, a nicer parable of Jesus, you know, something a little less confrontational, something a little bit less offensive? Uh, but how many of you know that we're to be God's messengers, not God's editors? Amen. So I'm going to bring you the word of the Lord this morning. And if you are offended, God bless you. Welcome to Destiny Church, where... We believe everyone it should be equally offended by the word of God. Amen. You know, I've, I've, I've watched some of the most famous and influential Christian pastors on national television to an international audience. I have watched them waver on this point. Because this point is divisive. And when you stand with Christ on this point that we're going to look at today, you don't make friends. People don't like it. And so if your goal is to be liked, and your goal is to have people like you and to make friends, when this issue comes up, there are certain men who don't step up to the plate. 
because it is an offensive message. So I'm going to drop this bomb on you this morning. Amen. Luke chapter 13, and we're also going to go back to Matthew chapter 7 as soon as we finish that. It's a supplemental passage. Uh, Let's look at it this morning. He, being Jesus, went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And Jesus said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house, and here is the parable, when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you are coming from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are coming from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. And then in Matthew chapter 7 is a a companion uh, passage to this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide. And the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Skipping down to verse 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, speaking of his return, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you... Uh, bring to us and speak to us truth. Lord, as you came from heaven to earth, you said that you only speak what you hear the Father speak and that you only do what you see the Father doing. Lord, that what you claim to have brought us is the very words of God. And so, Lord, as we read this passage this morning, as it might be a little bit troubling and disturbing to us, I pray that you would reveal the truth of it in our hearts, that you would open up our eyes and open up our ears to hear the message that you are communicating in this passage. Lord, that we would embrace it, 
that we would not reject the truth that you brought, but that we would embrace it and you, and that we would receive eternal life and eternal life abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. The story begins with Jesus going around and teaching and preaching as he did. And he taught the word of God. He, he taught the kingdom of God. He, he brought with him uh, a message for humanity from the Father. And as he's going along teaching and preaching, someone comes up to him with a question. And it's a really good question that, that this person asks. He says, Jesus... Will those who are saved, will they be many or will they be few? I don't know the motivation for this person asking. Maybe he was wondering where he fit into all of it. Maybe he was wondering, how high is the bar? Is it, is it a high bar or is it kind of low? Maybe he was kind of comparing himself to other people and hoping that Jesus would say, oh, no, 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 don't worry. Lots of people, many people are going to get in. And then he could look at his neighbor and say, well, I'm better than this guy, that guy. I'm better than everybody I know. I'm in. Maybe that's what he was hoping for. Nevertheless, Jesus doesn't immediately answer and say uh, that this is the number that will get in. Instead, he goes on to say, this is how you get in. And he tells this parable about a master who has a house and that there is one door into the house. There is one way in. And of course, the, the house that he's talking about is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And as the story goes on, there, there comes a point in time where the door is closed. And after that point, there's no longer an opportunity for people to come in or for people to be saved. Now, this question that he asks is, it is a, a good question. And I believe there are many people in our world today who, who think about these things and they ask that question of themselves, am, am, I, am, am I good enough to be saved? Am I good enough to be made right with God. I, I look around and I compare myself to other people and I, I seem to do, be doing better than most of the people I know. So, so certainly God should be pleased with me. Certainly God would look at my life and, and, and let me in if I came to the door and not. Interestingly, what, what the issue is when you come to the door, the issue is not what have you done. The issue is do you know the master? Do you know the master? You see, we, we live in a world, and, and especially our culture and, and Western culture, we, we live with the, with the idea that every road leads to God. That there are many, many paths to God. That, that all religions are, are basically the same. That all religions are, are man's way of, of connecting to the divine. And whether it's Hinduism or Buddhism or Judaism or, or Islam, Islam or, 
uh, pantheism or panentheism or Christianity or Roman Catholicism, that, that all of these are, are just ways for, for people to be made right with God, for humans to connect with the divine. And, and maybe it's not any of those. Maybe it's, you know, a new age awakening or, or Eastern mysticism, or maybe you just like to go out into the woods and do twirls in nature or, or whatever it it might be that, that all of these are, are, are simply different paths that lead to the same place that ultimately will lead us into a right relationship with God or quote-unquote heaven. And that, that is the prevailing thought of our world today. That is the prevailing thought of our world. And by the research that's been done by many different people that have studied Christians, that's also the prevailing thought of most Christians today. Most Christians today, let me rephrase that, most people who call themselves Christians today would say, yeah, Jesus is the way I connect to God, but the way other people connect to God is a a different way. And when we come and when we examine what the Lord Jesus has to say, it's something totally different. It's something totally different. You see, Christianity, faith in Christ, is not the same as every other religion. You see, religion is man's attempt to be made right with God. Religion is a a rules, a a set of duties, a a list of do's and don'ts of you do this and God will love you. You do this and God will be pleased with you. You do this uh, enough of it in, in the right way, then you can clean yourself up and you can climb up to God. You see, religions are all of them the same. Man's attempt to be made right with God through their own good works and their own good deeds. Humanism is also the same thing. Humanism that says that, that, that humanity is in itself God. And so if, if we're just kind to others and, and nice to other people and we help little old ladies across the street with their groceries, then that will somehow atone for our sin. You see, religion is man's attempt to climb the ladder up to God Christianity is totally different. Christianity is not man climbing up to God. It's God coming down to man. Christianity is not us doing the right things for God. Christianity is God doing the right things for us. It's not about what you do for God It's about what God in Christ Jesus has done for you. Amen. And these two, amen. These two ideas are totally different. Totally polar opposite. It it could not be more black and white. And Jesus says that the way to salvation is, He uses words that we don't really like, if we're being honest. (laughs) 
He says the, the road to salvation in Matthew chapter 7 is narrow. How many of you like that word narrow? No. I don't like narrow anything. I don't like squeezing through narrow places. I don't like being called narrow-minded. It's narrow. It's tight. How many of you like it when you're driving down 410 and there's four lanes merging into one lane and it gets a little narrow and there's no shoulder? No, we don't like narrow. He uses other words that we don't like. He says the way is hard that leads to life. How many of you like that? Oh, praise God. It's hard to be a Christian. But what does he say about the way that leads into death, into destruction? He says that gate is wide. The way is easy. And those who enter it are many. You see, the world says that all paths lead to God, that you can go any way that you want that it's wide, the road is wide that leads to God. And Jesus comes and says, actually, the road that's wide, it's leading to destruction. The road that leads to life is narrow. And that road is Jesus. That way, that door, that gate, that path is Jesus Christ. Jesus in John chapters 10, he says, I am the door. I am the gate. John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus doesn't stand up and say, I am a way. I am on the menu items of religious gurus that you can follow to God. Jesus says, when you open the menu, there's only one item. If you want to be made right with God, it is through me. Amen. So why is Jesus the only way? Why can't I follow another path to God? There's all these other paths. Why, why do I only have to follow Jesus? The, the issue is, what is it that has separated us from God? That is the issue. What, what causes us to not be right with God? You see, the Bible paints this picture of the world that God created and in, in the beginning, God created the world very good. Everything was beautiful. Everything was wonderful. Every meal was perfect. The wife didn't burn the mashed potatoes. Like, it was just awesome, right? Like, everything was awesome. There was no arguments. There was no fights. There was no disagreements. There was no sickness. There was no illness. There was no disease. There was no death. That humanity and God lived in perfect harmony. It's this beautiful picture of how God created the world and how he intended it to be. 
But through the course of time, humanity chose to walk away from God. That humanity said, we don't want to live under God's rule and God's blessing. We want to be gods unto ourselves and determine right and wrong for ourselves. And we will go our own way. The Bible calls that sin. And through sin, all of humanity now lives with a broken relationship with God. All of us have sinned. All of us have rebelled against God. All of us have have chosen to go our own way. We've all chosen to lie. We've all chosen to steal. We've all chosen to cheat. We've we've all chosen to, to break God's laws and God's commandments. Because of that, what the Bible says is that your state and my state, that we are now spiritually dead. That we do not have the life of God in our spirits because of sin. The, the, the state of humanity apart from God is, is waiting and living under God's righteous judgment against sin. So the, the thing that separates humanity and God is sin because God is holy and God is righteous. He, he cannot exist or coexist with sin. And so the reason why Jesus is the only way to be made right with God is because Jesus is the only one who has paid the price for sin. He's the only one. He's the only one who has paid the price for sin. The Bible says that that he lived a life without sin, perfect, never broke one of God's commands, never broke one of God's laws. And that on the cross, Jesus he, he was our substitute. He, he took our place. He, he absorbed the punishment that we deserved, that we earned. And on the cross, he took our place. He took your place. He shed his blood. He absorbed God's justice against sin for you. That's when the Bible says that God made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we, through faith in him, could become the righteousness of God. Jesus is the only way because Jesus is the only one who has dealt with the sin problem. No other way, no other path leads you to forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sins is only found in Jesus Christ. We used to sing this song when I was growing up. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's only through Jesus' substitutionary atoning death on the cross that we could be made right with God. And some will look at this and say, man, that's just so, it's so narrow. Why couldn't God have made, you know, 
three different ways. I'm someone who likes options. The question shouldn't be why is there not more than one way? The, the real mind-boggling question for us is that God has made any way. The fact that God has made one way is what should boggle our minds. We, we should not question and grumble that there's not more than one way. We should marvel at the fact that there is any way. Because through sin, we aligned ourselves with God's enemy, Satan. We, we have rebelled. We, we have gone our own way. We, we have said, God, we don't want you in our world and in our lives. And God said, I love you. Even while we were yet sinners, the Bible says, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Think about that. Think about that. Would you die for your worst enemy? Would you even die for your best friend? Jesus comes and pursues those who are running from him, pursuing them in love. That's where 1 John, the Bible says that the love of God is manifest in this. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's not that we clean ourselves up. It's not that we run back to God. It's that God chases us down and rescues us from ourselves, from our desire for sin, from our desire to break God's law. The question is not, how come there's not more than one way? The question is, God, why did you, why did you even make a way? And let me assure you, it's because of who he is. It's because of who he is. God didn't look down and say, oh, wow, what beautiful, wonderful snowflakes they are. No, it was God's love for who he is. It is his love and his nature and his character that he, 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 he could not help but to send his son to die for us. And he sent his best, his best, the only begotten son of God, he sent to die for us. Jesus is so clear. There is one way. He says, I am the way. Our world is wanting a million different paths. Really what our world wants is everything but Jesus, everything but God. It's only Jesus. He is the one way. So how do we receive Jesus? How are we made right? How, how is it that, that, that what Christ did for me can apply to my life? The Bible says that you must receive it by faith. You must receive Christ into your heart and into your life by faith. That's believing upon him for your salvation. That's believing upon him for your forgiveness. That's totally abandoning any idea or thought that you have that you can make yourself right with God. But you come before God in humility saying, Lord, there is nothing that I can do. The only thing I have, the only hope that I have to be made right with you 
is through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. And that in doing that, in exercising that faith, God takes that faith and to your account, he credits the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of Christ. So when God looks down on a Christian, when God looks down on someone who has put their faith in Christ, he doesn't see a broken sinner He doesn't see someone that's messed up their life. He doesn't see someone who has rebelled against him. No, what God sees in you is the righteousness of Christ. Amen. God calls us now his sons and his daughters adopted into his family, not on our own merit or work, but on the merit and work of his son, Jesus. And now we are his sons and we are his daughters. Saints, the Bible calls us. The interesting thing in, in that passage in Matthew is that when there are those who, who come to try to get in and they say, look at what we've done, we, we, we should be able to get in based on our track record of the things that we've done. Jesus says, I don't know you. So the question I have to ask you today and that you need to ask yourself is this. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Not do you know about Jesus. Do you know him personally? Do you have a relationship with him? It's not about being a member of a church. It's not about being baptized. It's not about religious rituals. It's not about your parents' faith or your grandparents' faith. Listen, when you stand before him, there's only one question that matters. Do you know him? You can't say, well, I I was a member of Destiny Church. It's going to say, I didn't know you. But I went to Sunday school. I I even taught Sunday school. But I didn't know you. you. You didn't have that personal faith in your heart and in your life. It's not about going through the motions. It's about having a real, true, vibrant, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Is he changing you? Can you see his his fingerprint on your life? Can can, Can you see his work of his spirit in your heart and in your life? Can you see your your heart changing? Can you see your desires changing? Can you see that, that, that before Christ I was... I wanted these things and I had these appetites for these things, but but now that Jesus is alive inside of me, now that I know Jesus, man, my whole life has changed. I'm not perfect. I still say stupid things. I still do stupid things. I still am stupid sometimes. (laughs) But the things that I, I I used to pursue, I'm not pursuing those anymore. And when I fall and I fail, I pursue Jesus. I cling to the cross with everything that I have. Is that you today? 
If it is, you can have confidence that you know Christ. If you're here today and you say, I don't know. Oh, help me, pastor, help me. Listen, you can leave here today knowing where you stand with God. The Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That if you turn from sin and trust in him, that you will be saved. The Bible says that everyone who believes in their heart that Jesus is Lord and confesses with their mouth that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. It's about a personal faith. It's between you and God. It's not between you and anybody else. It's not about, again, your parents. It's not about your spouse. It's not what anybody else thinks about you. The issue is, do you know Christ? Do you love him? Are you satisfied in him? In this passage in in Matthew, Jesus says, Um, that he will say, uh, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. In the passage in, in Luke, it says, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here's where the message gets really offensive. You thought it was bad. You had, no, here's where it gets bad. For those who, who do not trust in Christ, Jesus is abundantly clear that if he has not paid the price for your sin, you will pay the price for your sin. That there are two destinations for every human being. It's eternity with the Father in the kingdom of heaven or eternity separated from the Father in hell. Paying the price for your sin. And I warn you today, If you are not a believer in Christ, believe upon Christ. Put your faith in him. There is coming a day when this door will shut. Right now, the door is open. And while there is only one door, the offer goes out to everyone. While while the, the, the way is narrow, while the way is exclusive, the offer is inclusive. The offer is for everyone. The free offer of the good news, the free offer of the gospel of Jesus. Whoever believes upon him will be saved. If you're here thinking, I I can't be saved because of this. I, I can't be forgiven because of that. Listen, that's a lie of the enemy. It's Satan trying to keep you trapped in your sin. The offer goes out to everyone who who will believe. There is no sin too great that the blood of Jesus cannot forgive. I want you to know, friends, that God loves you today, that God's heart is for you, that the message that we have as Christians that we have been entrusted with through our Savior, Jesus Christ, is we compel you to return to God. I beg of you, don't leave here today hardening your heart against Christ. Put your faith in Jesus. Turn away from sin. Trust in him. He is the only way of salvation. 
There is no other source of life. There is no other path to God. Every other path may be easy and will lead to destruction. And yes, sometimes following Christ is hard. But it is the path to eternal life. And we don't even live it in our own strength and power because he gives us his Holy Spirit. He gives us his power to live with his life inside of us. The same power that he used to live a perfect and sinless life, he gives to us freely by his spirit. Amen. 